You're listening to episode 2.45 of the Midlife Improvement Project, and on this week's episode, I'm chatting with Lori Lisai, a human design mentor and alignment coach. Now, if you aren't sure what that means, listen in today as she introduces us to a great tool to help you to understand yourself better and lead your best life by design. Let's go. Welcome to the Midlife Improvement Project, a podcast about what really matters as you negotiate midlife. Some might call this time of life a crisis, but I want to introduce you to the idea that it's an awakening. This is a time to listen to your soul, to find your purpose, to reflect on what you really want to do and be in the days you have left here on planet Earth, and then write your own midlife manifesto. You are not less of yourself on the other side of midlife. You are more. This is a time to be celebrated, not tolerated. I'm your midlife wake-up coach, Dr. Peggy Malone. I'm a healthcare provider turned life coach who helps women in midlife lean into the magic of being a woman as we head into the second half. I help you to decide where you want to go next with this one precious life and really claim all of your big dreams and goals while caring less about what anyone else thinks about it. After all, if someone is going to be unhappy with your life, it shouldn't be you. I've just passed the milestone of turning 50 and I want to use this podcast as my midlife manifesto. There will be no fading into the background and quietly living out my golden years with the assumption that my best years are behind me over here. I'm just getting started. I invite you to come with me. Listen in each week as I help you to wake up to what's possible for you in midlife as you learn to increase your self-awareness and your confidence, get curious about what got you here, and get clear about where you want to go next on the way to being an even better you. Let's get after it. Now, I did promise last week that I would be sharing more about my 2024 goals this week, but the interview that I'm sharing today is a bit longer, and so I'm going to wait until next week for the goals. So I'm going to have to keep you waiting one more week. So make sure that you tune in next week, and if you haven't already made your list of goals for 2024, and if you haven't already thought about a word for the year, it's definitely not too late. All right, in the meantime, let's get to today's interview. Lori Lisai is a human design mentor and alignment coach who followed her intuition and left a successful career in teaching after 26 years to embark on her own entrepreneurial journey. She helps people access unshakable confidence and unwavering power through a mix of practical application and intuitive guidance so that they can learn to follow their own inner compass and be who they came here to be. Well, hello, friends. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for tools that help me to understand myself better. I'm always looking to scratch the itch of why I am the way I am and how I can best leverage my gifts to go where I want. As a result, I'm always into things like quizzes, techniques, and systems where I can get a little bit more insight. So you might think of astrology or the Enneagram or maybe your Myers-Briggs personality profile. Another system that maybe you haven't heard of, or maybe you have, is called human design. And my guest today is going to introduce us to this practice and how to use it and to interpret it to help us to know ourselves a little bit better. All right, let's do this. Lori, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks so much, Peggy. Great to be here. All right. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your story, and because this is the Midlife Improvement Project, especially your midlife story. Yeah. Okay. So I... um was a teacher for 26 years and I just left a couple of years ago Um, and teaching was fantastic, loved it, uh, was very happy with what I was doing. I was um, in 
I was doing a lot of change work, you know, school systems change and trying to help help my school in particular shift. Uh, and I sort of had this idea that COVID was going to, you know, sort of be the thing that broke school so that we could do it differently. Uh, and I distinctly remember the the moment when my then principal decided the, for the following year that we were going to return to the schedule and sort of the status quo of things, how they had been before um, the pandemic. And we had during the COVID year, so to speak, done some really innovative things. And I just remember thinking, oh, I don't, I don't think I can do this anymore. And I just felt that gut, you know, my gut just dropped when, when she kind of vocalized that decision. And so I knew that it was time to like step out and do something different. And I hadn't really been planning on that. I hadn't planned for that year to be my last year by any means. Uh, you know, I just turned 50 this year, so I had plenty of, you know, time left before, quote, retirement. And so I, I just leapt anyway. And so I've been, you know, carving this entrepreneurial path for myself over the last, this is about almost three years in. And yeah, it's, uh, it's been fantastic. And uh, you know, much like a roller coaster, uh, but I definitely credit knowing my design and understanding this system with giving me the courage to be able to like make that leap. Okay, I love this. So that said, you alluded to it a little bit, um, your design. Tell us what is human design, because I'm sure there are people that don't know about it at all. And also, why should we care? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so human design is, it's sort of like astrology on steroids. That's kind of like the easy way to describe it uh, because it's, it's a system for better knowing yourself for sure. But it's, it's all systems that we are familiar with or that have been around for, you know, literally centuries. And it's also combined with some science like genetics and quantum mechanics uh, so you, you do have some systems like Western astrology, uh, the chakra system, the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah, and basically they're all just sort of synthesized into this new understanding. And so human design is very in-depth and oftentimes when we start, when you're just kind of getting, um, getting to know the system you start with something called type and that is sort of similar to say like your sign in you know western astrology so we start with type and then look at strategy and authority those are those are kind of three good places to start and in terms of like why care unlike some of the other quizzes that you mentioned, like Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, those are all fantastic, you know, bits of information for you. However, you it's a, it's a quiz, right? So I don't know about you, but every time I take those, 
I, I'm usually somewhere in between, you know, the answers or I'm like, well, sometimes this is true for me and sometimes it's not. And, and the guideline is always, well, go with what happens most frequently. And I always feel sort of shoved into a box and I always wonder a little bit about the results because of that. And the beauty of human design is there's no guesswork. You don't, there's no quiz to take. There aren't any questions that you have to answer. You literally just need to know your birth information, which would be your time, place, and you know, your birthday. Okay. So yeah. Awesome. And oh, you were you were gonna say something else. Don't let me interrupt. No, Keep going. I was just gonna say, like, in terms of knowing uh like why should you care? Because it gives you so much more. Uh, information than some of those other quizzes and at such a, a deep level. So you can continually take it for a test drive and see what works for you and use its wisdom to sort of help guide you through life versus, you know, sort of knowing that you fit, you know, a certain like Enneagram number or that, you know, you're, you learn a certain way. This is kind of all encompassing. Okay. Awesome. So again, when I'm totally a rookie and totally a beginner, you mentioned my birth uh, information. So how do I figure out how to match my birth information with my design? How does it work? Yeah. So uh, basically you would just run your chart. Uh, I have a chart generator on my website. Uh, there are other websites out there and you just go and plug in your birth information and then it generates what's called a body graph. So you'll get this thing that sort of looks like a whole bunch of shapes and it's got numbers and it has lines connecting the shapes and you can see some planetary symbols on the side, but all of that together is a body graph. And then uh, from there, most of the chart generators that I've seen uh, will give you a little summary on the side of, of information. And, and usually that includes at the very least your type strategy and authority. Okay. And because obviously you're here and I want to direct people to you, if they want to go and do this, what's your website or how can they find this generator? Yeah. So it's laurielisai.com and the, right up in the menu, it just says, get your chart and you can click there and put in your information. And then, uh, as I said, you'll get the body graph and I have a few like free downloads that will give you more information as well. Okay. Awesome. So once people have done this, then they're going to find out what their type is. So can you run us through the different types? Cause I'm sure that these are people are like, I want to know what my type is. I want to know what it means. Yeah, absolutely. So your energy type is, it's all about uh, sort of your aura. So, you know, if you're familiar with your aura, uh, six, you know, roughly reaching six feet out from you, it's like this big giant energy ball, right? And we all have auras and they interact with other auras in different ways, according to our types. So the first type is uh, manifestors, and they're about roughly nine to 10% of the population. And manifestors auras are, they're actually uh, like repelling and kind of hard. So like I think of them as sort of a really strong rubber ball where 
people uh, will sense them coming into a room. They definitely have a very strong presence and they aren't for everybody. Like manifestors are here as the fire starters in the world. They're here to initiate. They're here to be innovative and uh, to kind of set the tone for new things. And so people aren't necessarily going to get them, if that makes sense, because, you know, oftentimes they're speaking a language that the majority of us don't understand. You know, they're like, wait, what are, what are you talking about? I've never heard of this before. Uh, so if you are a manifester, knowing that you're a manifester can be this huge sigh of relief, like, okay, that's why nobody gets me. Or, uh, okay, I'm not meant for everybody. And the beauty of that aura being kind of repelling is that for those people who it who are meant for you, it lets them in. But it's also sort of this protective layer that, you know, just allows manifestors to do what they need to do, which is initiate and like move the move us as a collective forward. Then we have generators. Generators are about 36, 37% of the population. And their aura, by contrast, is warm and enveloping. So they, I think of them as like big teddy bears. They've got like sweet, juicy energy that's very inviting, very magnetic. And uh, their purpose really is about building and creativity. They're about, they are our creative powerhouses. Uh, they work sort of like an energizer bunny we call uh, generators and manifesting generators, which I'll get to in just a second, uh, sort of like the, they're the sacral beings and they're, they've got this sacral lit in themselves that gives them tons of energy to just do, 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 create, uh, go, go, go. So the key with being a generator though, is that just because you can and you have the energy doesn't mean that you should be saying yes. Uh, and a lot of times people are drawn naturally in with that, ma that magnetic quality and they can see and understand that generators have the capacity to do things. And so generators get asked a lot, you know, can you help me with this? Can you do this? And generators, part of our work, I'm a generator is to learn how to say no to those things that really don't resonate with us or feel, you know, aligned. And then manifesting generators, these are the only hybrid type. And they're a little bit manifester and a little bit generator. So this is your type. Mm -hmm. And very similar, they have the same kind of aura that a generator does. So warm and enveloping. Um, and they also share some of those manifester tendencies, you know. So uh, depending on their charts, they could be... Uh, what's called a pure manifesting generator, which uh, would would mean that they have the something called a channel, the 3420 channel connecting their sacral to their throat. That is not something that you have. Um, they could be like a little bit manifester, a little bit generator. Um, and there could be like you know, a bit of a balance, but you really have to look a little more deeply at the chart to kind of determine that. 
Um, your chart um, looks a little bit more like on the generator side, but it's important to know like as this uh, hybrid type that you do have a little bit of both. Um, and then the other thing that sort of differentiates because the manifesting generator is a generator type, what differentiates the two is that manifesting generators tend to be super fast moving. Like they, I think of the tortoise and the hare with generators and man gens because manifesting generators are going to like dart all around. They're, they're like, they've got the path, they've, they've got the end in sight, but they've got to like multitask and their job is really about finding efficiencies and like perfecting systems because they're finding proficiencies. So in order or efficiencies, in order to do that, they've got to like dart forward and then circle back if they've missed something and then dart forward again, skip some steps, circle back versus a generator is is a bit more methodical, a bit more like, okay, I'm just going to do this and this and this. Both types, though, as generator types are always moving towards some sort of mastery, like really mastering a, um, you know, a skill or something just that they really love to do. So that's generators, manifesting generators. Manifesting generators are about 33% of the population. And so when you put generators and manifesting generators together, we get 70% of the population. So we very much live in a generator world. And we very much live because of that in a sacral driven world, which is to say that, you know, we have a lot of bodies on the planet that have a lot of do, do, do energy, which is why we're constantly, you know, feeling pushed um, and feeling like progress equals worth in some way. That's that's a very generator kind of led feeling. Um, and for the 30% of types who don't have that sacral, it can be exhausting. Uh, it's just the, like they need a lot more rest than your average generator type. Uh, then we have... Uh, projectors and projectors are here as our cosmic guides they uh their auras are piercing and so oftentimes i kind of joke that with a projector when you're when you're with a projector it can often feel like you're just standing there with your underwear on like they they just can see you at a very different level than other people. So if you have friends or you know people who, when you're with them, you just feel seen, uh, even if they're not articulating it, uh, it's, it's a good possibility that they're a projector. Only 20% of the population, uh, and they really are here to guide us. They're a bit, I mean, some people will say sometimes, projectors can be like a bossy pants. Uh, you know, it's, it's a bit of a challenge sometimes being a projector because you do know better usually than the people around you. And at the same time, that's, you know, that can be challenging if people don't want to hear it. So it's important for them to like wait for those invitations so that the, that wisdom can be actually heard. 
and then the last the last type is uh, reflector, and reflectors are only we only are one percent of the population, so very rare type. And what what makes a reflector a reflector is if you're looking at their chart, every single one of the shapes, which are called centers, is white. There's nothing colored in. So it's very, uh, it's very unique. And essentially, they're here to be our cosmic mirrors because they are constantly mirroring the, the energy that's coming to them. So their auras are, it's called sampling, but basically they're like constantly taking these little bits from people around them and, you know, adapting and processing. So for reflectors, you know, the, the founder of human design used to say every, every business or corporation should have a reflector. Should they should just hire a reflector to just be themselves and like walk through the halls and basically just be mirroring the, the wealth or that, that, sorry, not the wealth, the health of the company, you know, like how, where are we really at? And uh, reflectors are just able to do that. So it's uh, reflectors are very special. Uh, so, so manifestors are here to start things. Projectors are here to guide them. Generators are here to do them. Reflectors are here to reflect on like that whole process. Okay, cool. All right. So I have two questions. And I think the first question I'm going to ask is you mentioned you're a generator. I'm a manifesting generator. One of the things that helps me to understand these kind of systems or that I'm curious about is someone who is in the collective that we all know, like celebrities. If I'm like, oh, who is what kind of celebrity is a manifester? Like, can you give us a couple examples? Because it just is helpful for me to be like, oh, okay, I hear what you're saying now about what a manifester is or what a generator is. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so funny you ask that because I just had a conversation with uh, some of my friends in the human design world about this. And because type uh, type is actually one of those things that can be difficult to match with celebrities just because you don't necessarily know a celebrity very well. But then we were like, well, but there are, then there are these good examples of, so one example was there's a musician and I'm completely forgetting his name right now. I think it's um, the Eels is the band name. Oh, a man called E. Um, and he's a great example of a manifesting generator um, because he plays every single instrument. It's like uh, at the same time. So literally a manifesting generator. I, some people say manifestors are the most intense type. I think manifesting generators are actually because, because not only are, do they have the intensity of a manifestor, but they're also like just going all the time. So, uh, so I think that's a good example. Uh, Tom Hanks is another manifesting generator. And I think just looking at his body of work, I think it's it's a great example of a manifesting generator because you've got like so many films in, you know, a relatively short, like, you know, he's not, yeah. the, you know, he's, he's just made so many films. So you, you've got to, you know, be a mover and shaker to make that happen. Um, generator, I love using Oprah. 
uh, as the example for generators because just her juicy energy, you know, she's, uh, it's so warm and enveloping and it's uh, just such a good example, I think, of of a really aligned generator where she's constantly giving back, constantly uh, just being that, you know, that space that's magnetic, you know, there's something that really draws people to her. Uh, Beyonce is a generator as well. Uh, manifestors, uh, let's see, Adele is a manifester, Johnny Depp is a manifester. Uh, and I feel like they both are good examples of you know, sort of setting a different tone in, the, you know, in the work that they do. Like Adele had, when she first came on the scene, had a very unique sound, right? Very, like, you turn on the radio and, and you just automatically knew it was, it was her. Um, and there's this piece about um, informing that I think is interesting with manifestors. Uh, we're bleeding a little bit into strategy here, but strategy, uh, there's a strategy for each different type and strategy means how you take action in the world. Like what do you need to do to sort of move, move throughout the world in order for the universe to kind of bring you what is meant for you. And for manifestors, it's really about informing people and it's not so much informing it's not at all to ask for permission, but it's not so much even for the manifester. It's more for other people to say like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. And then other people will be like, okay, yeah, like I got you versus them just going off and doing it. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what's happening? So the reason I bring that up is with Adele, for example, you know, she sort of disappeared off the scene for a while after she was on. And then she came back and she was like, looked like a whole different person. She had completely re, you know, remade her life. She had lost like I don't remember, you know, some crazy, she just looked completely different. And it was kind of shocking for people like, wait, what, where has she been? Like, what's been happening? So I feel like that's a good example. Uh, let's see, manifesting generators, generators, projectors. Uh, Princess Di was a projector. Uh, I feel like she was a really great example just in terms of guiding, leading the way seeing, you know, seeing things very differently, like obviously how she, uh, you know, looked at the the construct of, of the royal family and how she was able to make it work, but uh, really very challenging uh, for her and a little misunderstood being 20% of the population that can be, you know, challenging. Uh, and then reflectors, uh, there are very few, as I said, but um, Sandra Bullock is one example of a reflector. Uh, and uh, Princess Grace, I think, was a reflector as well. Um, and I mean, I, I love Princess Grace as like an example, um, just in turn, there's a very sort of special kind of feeling about a reflector uh and 
it's almost like they they're otherworldly you know like they <clears throat> they just are so connected um and they also just have to be experts at creating boundaries for their you know for their well-being because they're constantly taking on so much energy um and Sandra Bullock I I feel like her you know my thinking around her and how she embodies a reflector is the the relative like difference in the types of roles that she plays you know she's like tried on the comedy thing and she's she's done drama and she's not necessarily like just fitting into one and i think she like reflectors are able to do that because they're taking in the energy of those around them and able to like literally reflect that back so they can sort of be chameleons you know um but it's reflectors honestly of all of the types because there are so few of them i would say there's like the the least amount of information about reflectors in the human design system so when you're working with humans in your world like have you come across some reflectors i have actually i don't i know like five i don't it's kind of crazy oh, you're you're <laughs> collecting them i like it <laughs> so it must be exciting every time though where you're like what you're reflecting amazing oh yeah. oh yeah okay cool all right um i love all of this the next thing i want to ask you and maybe this gets into um you mentioned strategy when you were talking about the the types you mentioned sacral a couple of times, and I kind of have a sense of what you mean, but a lot of people will be like, what does that mean? Like, why is she saying sacral? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So this is the part of human design that is connected to the chakra system and the traditional chakra system. There are seven chakras. Human design has evolved into nine. So, uh, <clears throat> the sacral center is essentially your gut. Like when we say you have a gut feeling or listen to your gut, that's what we're talking about with the sacral. So if you're, you know, if you're thinking about where does that actually land in my body, it's roughly two inches above your navel-ish. Uh, and sacral beings have a, a pretty great resource in that you know piece of their body it's like it is kind of a beacon you know and if you can learn to get in touch with it and understand how it communicates with you then i mean you're winning at life if you're a sacral being it's it's so informative because your sacral literally will pull you in the direction of where you you're supposed to be um if you if you can feel like an expansiveness or a bubbling sensation or uh, sometimes it feels like a flush to me, uh, those are those are indications of a yes. Like yes, do this thing. This is good for you. Uh, you might even find yourself moving towards something, like literally your body leaning in. Versus the opposite would be a drop. So that feeling that I described early on in our conversation, when uh, that conversation was had with my principal, 
definitely felt a drop uh, or it could feel like just nothing. You, like you don't feel anything. You could also, by contrast, like move away from something like lean backwards uh, as if you're trying to, you know, create distance between yourself and the thing. Um, and it could also feel like a contraction, like really like tightening. So those are indications of nose and just learning how to tune in to that feeling in your body can be a game changer for sacral beings. So this feeling in the body that you're describing for sacral beings, this is related to your inner authority and how you make decisions. Is that what that is? It actually is. Yes. Not all generators and manifesting generators are like have a sacral authority. They're either going to be a sacral authority or an emotional authority. Uh, but the sacral, even if you're an emotional authority, your sacral will always like be the first indicator for you. So it's more about timing. So your authority in human design is your decision-making capacity. And what human design teaches about decision-making is that it's not meant to happen in your head with your logical mind. It's actually something that's designed to happen more in your body. So, you know, there, there can be a lot of uh, a lot of challenges around this because, well, first of all, our, you know, our entire society is based on uh, making logical decisions and, you know, going with things that make sense. Uh, but also depending on people's backgrounds, you know, they're, if they've experienced capital T trauma, then it can be really scary to be embodied and to be in connection with your body. So, you know, depending on your your level of comfort with sort of feeling what you feeling your feelings and being in your body, uh, it may take a little bit of work. You know, we call that deconditioning, but essentially like peeling back those layers to allow you to like get back in touch. But yes, uh, your sacral is definitely a, uh, a decision maker. And for you, you are an emotional authority. So when you look at your chart, uh, you look at all of the centers. If you're looking at it, the center on the lower right-hand side that's sort of pointing in, it's a triangle pointing in toward the square in the bottom center. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. That, so that square in the center is your sacral. And then the emotional authority is to the right. And if that's colored in, if that shape is colored in, then that means it's defined. And it also means that you have an emotional authority. So other types can be emotional authority. Uh, so what that translates to is about 50% of the population is actually emotional authority which is huge uh, because essentially how, uh, how emotions are meant to make decisions is to feel through their emotions and then make a decision based on a place of neutrality. So instead of, let's say, you know, you get an invitation for a vacation and you're really excited about it, that first you know, hearing about it that first, you get that flush from your sacral, like, ooh, that sounds awesome, right? And you're so excited. 
you know you're an emotional authority so the words you should say are something like that sounds amazing let me get back to you uh and then the idea here for emotionals is to just like ride that high be excited definitely feel all those feelings and then sleep on it you know give yourself the time wake up the next morning and then maybe the next morning you get some more information like maybe maybe there's a sale on airline you know on airfare and you saved yourself 200 bucks or whatever you know uh maybe there's a conflict or something that you didn't realize and so it's actually not going to work so basically what you're doing is giving yourself a little more time for additional information to come and to ride that wave of feeling like okay i'm on this high i'm super excited and now I'm just going to let that feeling pass because it's almost like we we sort of joke that you're like drunk on emotions when you're in your emotional wave. And so you have to wait to come to this sort of place where it's not being fueled by emotions, but instead you you just sort of feel like, oh, yeah, okay, well, you know, all the all the ducks are in a row and it feels good. Like I still feel like I really want to go. And then you make the call. Uh, so I, the end question I always like to ask emotionals is how do you feel about it? Does it feel good? But it's not so much about the rush in the moment and more like over time, you really need time to make decisions. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. And I love that you're describing it this way because I'm getting better at this because I've recognized this in myself. But the way I used to think about it was, oh my gosh, Peggy from three weeks ago made a decision that Peggy right now does not like. Yes. So it's like when I make a decision to go somewhere or do something and it's the day of and I'm like, why did I say yes to this? This is why. Okay. Yes. Also, um, it, it's funny you say that because that's also a manifesting generator thing. I think as much as possible as a manifesting generator, I would say, you know, make make tentative plans always, you know, just be like, I'm going to put this on my calendar. This sounds amazing. Like, I want to do this. Um, and I'm going to check back with you like, you know, an hour before we're scheduled to go or whatever. So as okay. much flexibility you know, as you can have for yourself and for people listening who love manifesting generators, just, you know, don't, <laughs> don't hold it against them. Uh, it's really important that you just be able to make the call, you know, All right. closer well, to the time. You also mentioned strategy as one of the things that each of the types has. And it's kind of, I kind of get the sense when I'm looking at, looking at my chart, it says wait to respond, which is kind of what you've just described. So what are some other strategies that other types might have other than wait to respond? Yeah. So waiting to respond is, it's a little bit different than your authority. Um, it's basically just the idea of like waiting for things to come into. Oh, I see. Yeah your life, you know? So instead of going out looking for stuff, just whatever. I mean, literally all you need to do as a generator type is wake up in the morning and there's things to respond to. Just like look outside or your dog is, you know, barking at you or whatever. Um, so, but waiting to respond versus blazing trails and trying to force things to happen. So that's uh, like a manifester is the initiator. They blaze the trail. They make things happen. Whereas generators yeah. and manifesting generators are like, I don't, I don't chase things come to me. Yes. 100%. Okay. 
Yep. Uh, reflectors wait along, like they wait a lunar cycle. So they're very much uh, just about experimenting and experiencing and sort of taking in the information as it comes to them so that they can sort of determine what feels true for them versus all of the people that are around them. Uh, and then projectors are about waiting for invitations. So again, that idea of like being able to see what's right for everybody around them, but people don't necessarily want to hear that feedback unless they ask for it, you know? So being invited and also being recognized as a projector for what they bring to the table, super important. Um, I also love this because one of my sisters is a projector and she's the guide of our family. She organizes everybody. She makes sure everybody knows what they need to know. She's like, buys all the gifts for the kids. She sorts everybody out. And she often will say things and you're like, mm, I don't want to hear it. But now she's getting better at being like waiting for the invitation. So I love this so much. It's helpful to understand yourself, but it's also helpful to understand your people around you. Yes. Oh my gosh. I would highly recommend after you do your chart to get the charts of, you know, the people that you spend a lot of time with, because it can be so informative. And honestly, as a parent, uh, it's, it's a game changer as a parent, you know, to know that you have a non-sacral being, for example, in a household of sacral beings, you know, if you go on vacation that non-sacral is going to want way more relaxed time than, you know, you, the other three are likely to. So just like building around that and being patient and understanding that, you know, we don't all have that battery power, even though we, most of us do. That's so cool. All right. So um, I'm sure that people will have a ton of questions about how they can find out more about this. So I want to get to that in a second, but I just want to ask you a couple more things that are, I want to see how your thoughts around human design relate to midlife because we're in the midlife improvement project. So I kind of think of midlife as a time of awakening. And I think there's something magic about what we've been talking about today that fits into that. So how do you think learning about human design will help those of us who are in this midlife transition? Oh my gosh. I, I feel like it's this time of year, sorry, this time of life is so much about discovering, rediscovering who you are, right? It's it, a lot of us in this time of life have, have done the, you know, I've raised a family or I'm getting, you know, toward the empty nest and, or I've built a career and for a lot of us, we we went right from high school to college to to work, and we didn't really spend a lot of time like exploring or thinking about you know who we are. And this is a chance for us to really redefine that for the next half of life. And the beauty of human design is it shows you literally who you came here to be. It's like the the energetics of it are are you can't really argue with them it's just like in black and white right there in front of you and so to to know so clearly what you have to offer what are your strengths uh and then what did you come here to learn where are your areas for gaining wisdom and to be able to reflect on that and then think about hmm how can i you know how can I leverage that in this next half of life to, to think about what I have to offer the world, you know, and to really feel like I'm being purposeful in living. 
So that's that's sort of how I, I see human design for this period. Well, I love it because even just the way that you've described your story, it this fits that. And I think I've heard the story a ton from my clients and from from the women that I talk to who are going through this time. It's kind of like we can finally decide what we want to be when we grow up. Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the foundations of flow freebie that's on your website when people go and they sign up and they do, they generate their chart and they figure out what's going on. What's next? Yeah. So they've got, um, I recently added a few things to my site. So I have a, a free guide that gives you way more information on just what human design is. And it, it, tells you a lot more about type strategy and authority and gives you like a little bit about each uh, different component. So when you run people's charts, you can understand like all of those things for them. Uh, and then there's a, another freebie that's a journal that will help you to kind of, if you decide that you want to take this for a test drive and see how it actually you know, plays out in your own life. It gives you some some prompts to sort of sort of start thinking about uh, how you've been operating versus what your design has to say about you know how you might better operate. Uh, and then Foundations of Flow is uh, a downloadable that's paid now. That's a far more in depth version of your type strategy and authority with you know, very specific things about, uh, about how do you kind of embody your type and how do you, how do you work with your strategy to like make change in your life or to even just, you know, live feeling more in alignment. Uh, and then the decision-making component is also like, I, I go into a lot of detail about it in that document as well. Okay. Amazing. And then if people want to go deeper with you, how do you work with people otherwise? If people are like, I got to know everything, Lori, yeah, tell me what yeah. to do. How does it work? Yeah. So I do, you know, one-on-one -on -one sessions where I'll sit down and just go through your chart in detail. Uh, and I have bundles because oftentimes people still have questions after their first, you know, go around. As I mentioned, it's a very uh, it's a lot of systems all synthesized together. So it's a, a lot of information, but the thing is like, you can have tons of information and if you do nothing with it, then it makes no difference in your life. Right. So, uh, so I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching and then I will, uh, be launching a group program, uh, around the beginning of the year that is, is, really focused on integrating human design, like not just, you know, learning about the information, but how do we actually use it in our lives? Okay. Amazing. And so for those of, of, the, of those listeners who are listening and they're interested in learning more about any of this, or if they want to just connect you with you on the socials, where can we direct them? Yeah. So laurielisai.com is my website. And then I'm on Instagram at laurielisai. I'm on Facebook, laurielisai, LinkedIn. Lori Lisa, pretty much the same on all the socials threads. Uh, and yeah, I sort of dabble on all of them, you know, depending on, on my mood. That's, uh, that's some of the 1222 talking there. So 
Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. And um, I will put links to the, all of those things in the show notes for anyone listening who is interested. And Lori, any final words of wisdom that you want to share or the one thing that people should take away from our conversation today? Mm, uh, human design gives you the like cosmic permission slip that you didn't know you needed. So it, I would just so encourage people to find find their chart download it, start exploring it and just be curious. You know, it's ultimately it's an experiment. It's always meant to be an experiment. So just play around with it and see how, you know, see how it changes your life. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your human design wisdom. Yeah. Thank you so much, Peggy. It was great. Great to be here. And that's it for this episode of the Midlife Improvement Project. Thank you so much to my guest today, Lori Lisai, for sharing her story and a great introduction of human design. If you get the feeling that I might be your coach, especially as we embark on a brand new year filled with possibility, and you want this to be the year that you finally do that thing that you've always wanted to do or get after that goal that has always been eluding you, let's go. If you are interested in learning more about me and my work and perhaps how we could work together, especially as you navigate the challenges and adventures of midlife, and you want to talk to me about how that would work and what's involved, why not sign up for a complimentary chat with me at drpeggymalone.com forward slash coach. We can have a conversation about your goals for 2024 and what you want to accomplish and how I can help you. Also, I'd love it if you would come and say hi on Instagram. You can find me there at Dr. Peggy Malone, and that is where you'll find me discussing my life as a 50-year-old who likes to snowboard, back handspring, and also to encourage women like you to find what is fun and adventurous for you in your midlife. As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that were mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's show and you don't want to ever miss an episode, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen. Until next time, my friends, stay focused and get after it. Mm-hmm.